Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Hi, it's Edwin and you are listening to the Successful Mentalist podcast. That's right, it's the Successful Mentalist podcast. And of course, my name is Ashley Green and I'm joined by the amazing... Aidan O'Sullivan, I can say my name normally, unlike some. What the heck was that? Hey, I wanted to make it different as usual, just kind of alter it as it goes along, you know, change the pitch up. I always want to keep people on their toes, especially, for, especially wow, Aidan, you know me, slurring my words. We're 10 seconds into a podcast and I'm already like, especially. He's drunk, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> drunk. So drunk. Don't tell them they can't see it as a podcast. Oh my God, the shame of the Volker. <laughs> no, um, but especially for the people watching live, Sven, I see you there hope you guys are going to join this and if you do want to join any of our live podcast recordings head over to the successfulmentalist.com forward slash community you'll be able to sign up for free uh, check out the events tab we've got loads of stuff there but without further ado we're actually going to interview someone who oh my golly oh my golly Aidan I've known this guy a little while you've known this guy a little while and we've seen him go from just regular magician to hey look at me I'm a pro I'm busier than you. I make more money than you. Yeah, I'm awesome. It's easy. I do it. I rock. Everything's easy. I'm great at everything. There's nothing I'm not good at. It's Mr. I'm great at everything, Edwin Todd. <laughs> Hi, and, and uh, thanks for that intro. <laughs> I'll be honest, I'm sure the way that Edwin comes across is an awful lot less of the ego uh, on that front. <laughs> I, I think we can all agree on that I one. I wanted to give you the ego because you bloody well deserve it, man. What you've done is fantastic and that's why <laughs> we've got you here because we want to dissect that because we know we're going to get a wealth of information out of you today. But first of all, for people who haven't heard of you, can you tell us who Edwin Todd is and specifically why you're here on the podcast? Um, um, I just sure. want to say I've beefed you up to be great at everything and so far the way you answer the question is literally like oh sure <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah well first of all I'm, I'm slightly less full of myself than Ashley made out um, <laughs> only slightly though um, yeah I'm, I'm 20 years old uh, I'm a professional magician well, I've just recently become a professional magician after attempting to do so for a very long time um and uh yeah yeah life's going good um i love it that's uh, basically what i do i'm really into health and fitness as well but mainly just magic <laughs> i love this i love this and we, i'm sure we're going to talk about where what your position is right uh right now a little bit later on but the first thing that's uh, i think is particularly important is it's for you to paint the picture of what what were things like a few months back? Think think as long as you like um, here, but like, what what was life for you? You said you, you was trying to become a professional magician for for the longest time. What what was going on? Tell us about that time. Okay, so before lockdown, um, things had started to go quite like 
getting better, going fairly well. Like I just got myself a really good residency and that was helping me start to get some gigs and stuff. And then um, COVID hit, obviously most people got messed up by that. So during lockdown, um, I did like the odd online show here and there, but I wasn't able to make it like a full-time thing. I don't think I had like just uh, enough clientele and stuff to reach out to 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 make it happen so I got my job myself a job at Morrison's because uh, I needed to pay the bills and it was locked down and that was the only thing that was open um, so that was extremely boring but you know it, it was all right and then um, following like the lockdowns and stuff I moved out of that and went into doing a little bit of bar work as well as trying to do magic and then through that and um through doing stuff like the course with you guys i've then managed to transition really quite quickly from working in a bar full-time to doing magic full-time and it's fantastic and what i'm interested in to know like you've kind of painted like the scene of where you're at but what were some of the struggles? Like you said you was looking to become a, a full-time magician. This is always something you wanted to do, but then you had to get the part-time job because you couldn't quite get the gigs and you didn't have the clientele. What what were some of the struggles? Why why at that time did you not think you could get the gigs? What what was you going through and, and, and just, you know, bring us into your world here? Well, I mean, I think that I mean, well, I was I was at a point where I mean I was what, before lockdown, like when I got my residency, I was like 17 turning 18. Like I, I didn't necessarily need a full-time job. So it wasn't like crucial for me to be making enough money from doing magic. So it was like anything that I got was a bonus basically. So then when I started getting a, re I got a really well paid residency, um, working for Gordon Ramsay, which was awesome. And then things started to go up and it was going great. And like I was meeting people there and that was meaning that, you know, a few weeks later they were like, oh, do you want to do my party or my wedding or whatever? Um, and then I think just because I'd only been doing it for a few months before the lockdown, like I didn't have enough backlog or had made enough connections with enough people that when the lockdown hit, I was able to make it work doing stuff online as opposed to in person. I think I was relying quite heavily on having an in-person residency every week to make stuff happen. Whereas, you know, obviously when lockdown hit, everything got shut. And then I was like, oh, crap, where do I go from here? <laughs> I'm sure we'll, we'll even touch on residencies uh, in a little while. But, I mean, you said something there. Obviously, you've for people listening here, people will probably be thinking, oh, yeah, well, he was able to go pro because he was young and he didn't have commitment for bills and he, oh, he doesn't have a mortgage to pay or, or, or insert other big financial thing here but but i think the principle of core, core mindset that, that you was in is that you had a job but you had you didn't have the um the pressure behind magic which is what a lot of people do they have their own jobs and magic is just something on the side for them and so that anything for them in the world of magic is, is a pro except sure for, for based on your position back then to the average person's position the, the gap between the finances might be uh, significantly bigger for some people or maybe even just a small bit uh, bigger but the the point there actually having the mindset of like i don't need magic it, it that was a really important point that we just wanted to pull out and just make clear for everybody that's actually listening to this i, I should point out though um that sort of like relatively soon after that like as it 
you know, the lockdown progressed and stuff. Obviously, like I, I grew up and I did actually start needing to pay bills and stuff. And like I moved out and everything. I had to pay rent. And like it was, it was um like it, it went quite quickly from not needing to pay it and make a full time income to like really needing one. Hence why I ended up getting a job at Morrison's during COVID. <laughs> Big up Morrison's. Big up Morrison's. So let's let's look into this now. Obviously, we've we've been in this position, uh, and I think most entertainers that that commit to going full time feel the same kind of way. In that it's it's tough, right? And there's usually either a significant change that requires them to adapt and, and commit to magic, or there's just a burning passion. And in your case, it was pretty much both actually tied up there. So tell us about the transition. What was it like going from where you were pre-full-time pro? Uh, and, and how did you go about actually making the leap and jumping over to, to full-time? Mm. Um, well, I had a lot of advice from a lot of people, um, like you guys, for example, um, following the course and stuff. That was really, really helpful. Um, and I think gave me a lot of like the knowledge of stuff because I feel like uh, something – like you can be like the best magician in the world, but if you're uh, like have no business savvy at all, then it's irrelevant. Like if you can't sell yourself, so I think that that was a big thing. I completely like upped up to my prices and everything like that. Sorry, I'm losing my voice a little bit at the moment. <laughs> so see, I told um, you it, he he works and gigs all the time. So today we've actually it's a rare day that we've got him, and he's like, I'm in recovery mode, and your boys have got me to do a podcast. <laughs> I've got another gig later. God, oh, uh, it's it's honestly, I've been losing my voice for like two weeks because every time that I recover my voice, I then go to like a gig that's like three hours long, and then like I perform so long that I just lose it by the end of it again. Um. But yeah, so so I had lots of lots of great advice, uh, especially on how to like run a business and stuff. Um, and I have other other magicians who've like helped me as well a lot, like um, gave me a lot of advice. So that was great. And then um, also just um, working in a bar that was a great great thing for me because I was I was doing that full time, and then obviously they they knew that I was a magician, and um, I like sort of just went off book and started doing magic to people at the venue and then like the the owners started to be like oh shit that's really cool like <laughs> let's let's get him doing this more so then he started being like oh um you know I'll, I'll still pay you your wage to do all the bar and stuff but i'll give you like 50 quid or whatever every saturday and friday to do go around and do magic and i was like yeah it's a good start um so i started doing that and then from doing that um and getting them to leave, you know, getting customers to leave loads of reviews on the on the website of the of the company and the TripAdvisor and stuff, and then um, getting you know just making connections, asking people if they had any events coming up. Then I started getting bookings from that, um, <clears throat> and then relatively quickly, it sort of suddenly went from like I really need this bar job to pay my rent to like oh my god i'm actually making more money doing magic from like the odd gig here and there that i'm getting um then i'm actually making there so i handed him my notice and uh also got in contact with the owner and stuff who like was getting me to do magic anyway and was like do you want to pay me like a a bit more to come and do magic officially like as just a magician once a week and he was like yeah great um so we're just setting that up now, which is great. Um, 
I started getting other residencies as well. So um, one of the one of the things I think this is a great tip for anyone, um, especially if you have like a bar or waiting experience, is uh, I think one of the, the most difficult things for getting residencies um, is like the uh, you know actually getting to talk to the right person. Like I've done it before, where you go around to restaurants and you're like, you know, hey, is there a manager I can speak to or whatever. And like the amount of unhelpful people or the people who don't know if they can give you the manager or don't know if you're worth listening to, I think you're just cold calling or you're going to tell them about Jesus. Um, <laughs> so I, I just I just started booking myself interviews as a bartender at places. And then like you're already face to face with the manager. So I would get an interview as a bartender and then rock up and be like, yes, I do have bar experience. But I'm also a magician, and uh, this is actually what I'm doing full-time now since I applied for your interview. And um, I thought it was worth coming along anyway to say, you know, would you like a magician at your restaurant? And they're like, huh? And then you show them something, and then they're generally impressed. And um, then it's, it's like a, a really good way to get in straight to, you know, and cut all the crap. Um, so, yeah. You sneaky, um, sneaky boy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I've just been doing that, and then obviously every gig that you get, at like weddings and parties and stuff, you meet more people, and um, then you get more gigs as a result of that. Um, I just want to recap to make sure that we've definitely got that on paper. The way you've got some of your residencies is to apply for a job interview, be <laughs> so good you get the job interview, turn up... And then say, oh, you know, when I applied for the job, I was looking for the job. But since then, I've become a full-time magician. I thought it was good for me coming anyway, because I actually do entertainment. And I know that can benefit your hospitality industry or catering, blah, 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 blah. And then you pitch your services direct one-on-one to the person who is the decision maker. You sneaky, sneaky <laughs> devil. I've not heard anyone doing that. And I can see literally every every hospitality industry is going to be swamped with applications now <laughs> uh, <laughs> just make it up just say you've got years of bar experience and then just, just burn up God, so, so sneaky one of the things i really appreciate about this and from what you've sounded like you just sound so chilled as oh yeah this happened this happened this happened just a yes no answer here because it sounds easy to go full-time was it easy I know you had our help through our Learn to Thrive course and we was guiding you kind of like holding a hand and like pushing you to take certain direction. But what, what you done on your end, in reality, was it easy to go full time? It was definitely a lot easier than I thought it would be. Like I feel like it suddenly went from, you know, me thinking, oh, my God, this is going to be really difficult. I'm going to have to spend ages building up my business. Like I even told the people like, if I was around that uh, you know, I reckon maybe in the next like six months I might be able to go full time and then like two weeks later it's like fine I can quit my other job <laughs> um I think there's definitely things to learn like along the way like there's definitely things that were difficult but um on the whole like the transition's been pretty easy <laughs> Well, I, I think that's something you said something there that's so important, and that's that people when they set goals and things, they uh, and, and they set these big, especially in this case, going full time. That's a massive career transition. People set these for like ridiculously long periods of time. Like I know that when we first started coaching and working with entertainers one to one, we were getting people saying one year, two year, five years down the line. And again, you came in very, very optimistically, saying six months. 
Like, I reckon I could do it in six months. And then to crush that in two weeks, that was, again, from our end, bloody incredible. But the point, the point I wanted to get through there is like, you're, you've, you set this ambition. What criteria in your head, if any, did you have to be basically be able to say, yes, I, I'm now in a position where I can go full time? Because for a lot of people, Going full-time is a big transition. There's a lot of impacts that that's going to have. And just being able to go two weeks to make that decision from, oh, my God, this is going to be the biggest change in my life, to, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I know, yeah, I know it's going to be fine. Like, what what was going on in your head at that point? Were there any criteria or was there anything that you was trying to achieve in that time? Yeah. So I'd say that, like, um, well, for, first of all, like, the, the boring stuff, like, uh, you know, I had to be – making like a certain amount of money to from magic to for it to be like you know i can officially quit my job and it won't affect me like uh and, and to be honest i wasn't looking to be like making loads i was just looking to you know at least get by and i was like as soon as i can like assure myself that i can regularly pay my bills and stuff from just doing magic then like that's fine okay i can hand in my notice quit my job um so that's that was like one of the main things to be honest um and uh and I'll, I'll admit i did go a bit like all out like i feel like a lot of people would have waited to see like for a month or two if it was going to continue that way but um I, I don't know i just felt like it was it was building so well and it was going so great and it was getting to the point where having a full-time job as well was hindering my ability to like accept other gigs and stuff um, and I was getting in trouble at work for like, basically not turning up because I had a gig <laughs> or like cancelling last minute or calling in sick. So um, <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, I've, I've just sort of got to go for it now. Um, and yeah, it's, I feel like having having a residency as well. Like, I, I mean, to be honest, I have actually gone like a month without really having any any constant work like that, any residencies because, you know, well, one of one of the main my main one of my main residencies setting up is start has just opened or hasn't opened yet, so they're they're like still building the bar and it keeps getting delayed every week. It's really annoying. <laughs> um, and then you know people take a couple of weeks generally to to get stuff sorted. But um, I feel like having a having a residency or somewhere that you go every week and you can assure it's like a constant source of income is really helpful because then that's that's like for me it's like that's like my full-time job like because I'm, I'm gonna have hopefully in the next few weeks i'm gonna have three different residencies set up all paying really decent amounts and then that's that's like my full-time job so three days a week i work and then anything i get on top of that like and that that, that more than covers my bills and everything like that and sets me up with a bit extra as well and then anything on top of that i get like weddings parties corporate events anything it's just like a big fat bonus <laughs> so i feel like that's um like one of the one of the biggest things that helps me go from not really doing it to full time and do you mind if you tell us if it's all right it's a very direct question but on average how much do you charge for a residency I know it's a big question that goes around the magic industry a lot. Yeah, well, I'm charging £200 for every residency, and that's for two to three hours of magic and with a bit of a like food break in the middle as well. 
That's straight. decent wages, Mum. There's some people that do full-time jobs, and when you work out that you've got three a week, £200, there's people with full-time jobs that earn less money a month from you when you're just doing residencies and no gigs. So kudos there. Kudos. <laughs> Thanks, man. I mean, um, I, I should point out I am happy to go lower than that as well. Like, I would generally... So, like, it, it depends, like, because, you know, people like to renegotiate and stuff as well, like, but I've set 200 because I'm happy with, like, if we're at 150 or even, like, 125, I still want more than enough to pay my bills. So, if I go in at, like, 250 or something like that, and then with the intention of going to 200, but not caring if I go to 150... Then if I go, oh, 250 and then they're like, mm, and I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. You know what? I'll give you a discount. We can go to 200 Then that's a, like, I feel like that's that's been working well. And uh, and also being able to tell them that you charge that at your other residencies is extremely helpful because even if you don't, you can just make it up. But if you just go in and say, well, my other residencies pay me this, and they've actually, you know, or you can even say that they've offered you to do more days a week or whatever, but you really want to like branch out and go to some different places. Then it, it really encourages them to pay you that. Um, and also to tell them what your hourly rate is outside of residencies as well. <clears throat> so when they say like, how much do you charge? And I go, oh, like, you know, when I do all these events, I'm charging this. Um, but for you guys you know we're helping each other out this is so i'm going to charge this then uh, they become much more like oh yeah it's a great idea. <laughs> reminds me of the that old um the the old pricing strategies that you hear out there like there was this old uh, old story of um like there was a team that basically went in to actually go and help increase the profits in this specific restaurant and they had this the menu out there and they had a look at like the wine list for example and they saw that they had a okay it was a good wine list and, and stuff but what the first thing that they noticed is that it was priced low to high so the first thing that they actually did is they stuck on a really big expensive bottle of wine at the, at the very bottom like a ridiculously expensive thing like However much the bottle of wine is like 10 times that on the bottom. Instantly, that was able to bump up the average price point uh, of, of the bottle of wine bought or the wine purchased purely because you've got that. Oh, I don't want to, I don't really want to pay for the cheap stuff. Like, oh, I want some good stuff. And then the second thing that they actually did is they started actually saying that, that big expensive bottle of wine, and they put that on the top of the list. So that now people actually go go to the list as they start reading the list. They see this bottle of wine, £50,000. Oh, my gosh. Uh, okay, now, I'll, um, yeah. It, then the drop-off is very... It's much nicer. And I think that's something that, um, obviously, we've, we've started actually doing when you're quoting and packaging and stuff. But the fact that you're able to do this right here in a conversation with a residency to basically be honest and say, look, I charge an awful lot more for private events. Let's help each other out. That's a yeah. really, really nice little bit of psychology that you're actually implementing in there. Smart guy. Told you he was a smart guy. He's a man of all knowledge. And look, we've, we've spoken a lot about residencies, but let's go straight to the Chase Edwin. We, me and Adam, both know you're busy because you've been chatting to us through Learn to Thrive, like constantly like picking our brains and just updating us with your joyous success of joy, my dude. Um, how do you get gigs? 
Like, is there a process? I know it's different in a residency and it's different when you're at a gig and then it's different when you're not at a gig. So I don't know if you can cover like all three scenarios, but mm-hmm. if I was out there as a beginner magician and I went, okay, Edwin, I've followed your advice, whether they was ballsy and done the sneaky way or the other way of getting an interview or just going the regular way and they got a residency and now they're thinking, okay, I want to actually get some gigs. Where do they start? And if you can cover in residency, not at residency, just like out and about. And then also, once they've got a gig, how do they get more from that? So three areas, big question, lot to consider. But how would you go about it? So I've basically done loads of different methods. Um, uh, one thing I'll throw in there as well for anyone who doesn't know about it. If you want gigs, uh, it might not necessarily be like the best gigs, but you have more of a chance of like, getting them. And it's a good way to start is you should definitely follow the Facebook group Magic Gig Share because there's people like every day people are posting on there and it's basically like if a magician can't do a gig, then, you know, they'll they'll be like, they'll send someone else, else over. And it's generally, if you're like the first or second person to reply to it, then you'll get sent forward for it. And like that's, that's enabled me to go like across the country and like to places that I wouldn't necessarily have met at my residencies or gigs so you know i've ended up doing gigs in like bristol and stuff like that and now as a result of doing that one gig over there now i've got a whole more a whole another stream of people from the same area you now all follow me on instagram and stuff like this and now i'm getting other gigs there um but anyway back to the question um the way i get gigs at at residencies i i prep like I pressure it a little bit less because I know that I'm going to meet hundreds of people in that night. And I know that I'm going to be there the next week or the next night at different residency, et cetera. So I don't like to, you know, go to every single table and be like, like, hi, I'm the magician. Do you have any events? Like, are you getting married? Are you getting married? Like, I like to keep it a little bit more chill. Um, But what I do do, is I get as many people as possible to follow me on Instagram. Um, I feel like in- Instagram is probably my my favorite business tool because, like, so I get them all to follow me on Instagram. Um, I use a trick called Hydra. If none of you know what that is, it's uh, I think you should all get it. So it's only like twenty pounds or something. It's an app, and it basically enables you to have them Google any city in the world and then have it predicted in your Instagram bio your actual instagram bio so you can get them to go onto their phone and go onto instagram look up your instagram and then oh my god it says the city you'll think of is amsterdam everyone freaks out you can predict loads of other things as well it's sort of only limited to your imagination but then they're already on your instagram page and then you just like you can click follow for them it's funny or you can you know just ask them, i just reckon that's worth a follow like that was pretty cool right and um that and then everyone else in the group wants to follow you on instagram as well so that's a great way to do it and then when they're all following you on instagram um just hit them up a few days later maybe you know you don't want to be like messaging them five minutes after they've left and (laughs) um so i I hit them up a tiny bit later and i'm like hey i met you the other night thanks for coming etc i saw that review you left on the website for me that's awesome thank you so much um and uh, then I'm just like, oh, by the way, have you know? Do you know anyone who's getting married? Do you have any, or do you have any like parties coming up, or maybe like a company do, whether 
um, that you'd be interested in having some entertainment for because this is what I actually do like full time. Um, and uh, not obviously, if you message hundreds of people, not all of them are going to reply with good things. But for like, if you if you uh, get in contact with enough people, then some of them, you know, some sometimes it's going to work out. Like I was at the point that I find like as well. If if you push it enough, you can always find work. Like like yesterday, I was sitting down and I was like, oh my god, like I I could really use like another gig this month. So I sat down and I was like, right, how am I going to do it? And I just started messaging people, messaging loads of people. Um, you know, people I've met at residencies, people, another one um, I started doing was following certain hashtags and messaging, like basically cold messaging on Instagram. So I followed like hashtag bride to be 2022 or like um, hashtag recently engaged, stuff like this. And then I would message those people and I actually managed to get a couple of bookings out of that. So that was great. Um, and also just posting on my Instagram, one of those poll things. Um, do you know anyone getting married? Yes or no. And the amount of people who know someone getting married and can put you in contact with them is amazing. And I'm going to do that uh, every few weeks as I get more Instagram followers. Um, so yeah, that's my sort of like residency process yeah we're just, we're just just on that the few things that i want to make really clear here i mean that last tip there in terms of the the poll but i'll be honest the second me and ashley saw you using that we was like yeah that guy that that that, that guy knows his stuff it's genius no, it wasn't just um, that we messaged you and we went oi you've been <laughs> sneaky again uh we're gonna use this tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah we, we, but, and i'll have you know Edward, we both actioned this and got s s several leads out of it actually which i'll be honest is quite lovely but the, the point i'm making here is that what you've actually done is that rather than in the residency in the moment you're trying to pitch 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 or look for work look for work look for work what you're actually doing is looking for potential work but lining up opportunities for long-term nurture in your play area if you like it we'll, we'll use instagram as the play area here what you're actually doing is that you're bringing these people that you meet into your world so that you can do follow-up you can nurture them over the long haul because they're following you they're supporting your work and i, I think it goes without saying but i'm gonna say it anyway it doesn't just have to be instagram uh, like at the end of the day if you run a facebook page you can point people there but the, the your email list get them on that uh, i'll be honest i'd probably try and get them over the course of a couple of weeks on all of these so you're completely in their in their world but the point being is that you've actually set yourself up for successful long-term nurture because you're playing to your strengths on a platform that you understand and, and enjoy using more importantly mm. and you've just latched two great opportunities together and here's some gigs <laughs> <laughs> yeah really simple stuff um, and I think as well with the social media, like before I was, I was really sure that I had to like use all of them. Like I was trying to use Facebook as well. And I'll be honest, I hate Facebook. I can't stand it. Uh, I think I just, it just doesn't compute with me. So I, I was trying to do that. And, you know, I was posting the same stuff, sometimes different stuff. And I just felt like the quality went down. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't even post that much on Instagram. Uh, I have a lot of stuff that I've now got ready to post and I'm I'm going to start posting very regularly because I want to try and build up my following and stuff. But I feel like 
actually picking one platform that you're really comfortable with like i used to think that was like a negative like you know you have to be on everything but um actually choosing one and sticking with it um is is like really really you know it doesn't i don't feel like it uh hinders me in, uh, at all like i feel like it's actually been really beneficial like even my facebook page says on it like I don't really use Facebook. Like it says in my bio, I don't really use Facebook, but here's a link to my Instagram. Um, DM me or give me a call. I've got I, one of the things that I've, I've set up because again, Facebook is just so weird. I actually set up automatic replies so that every time somebody messages, they get the automatic reply to basically say, hey, look, I'm not very active on Facebook and this mailbox doesn't really get checked. If you'd like to, to actually have a conversation, here's my email. Because I know that for me, I'm much better at following up people via email than then in a facebook box that's very uncoordinated <laughs> simple exactly. as that it's playing to strengths playing to strengths and uh and i want to ask edwin you've covered kind of what to do at residency and i guess that is basically a very similar process to when you're at gigs right yeah I, i'd say i don't think it's really like that different i mean i, I something i do is like like I've, I've got this from from you guys is just maybe mention that you do events and stuff when you know oh i was at this gig the other day and do it you know just so that subconsciously they register that this is what you do full time um but then again i also feel like the the or probably most people i perform to end up having a conversation with me after i've performed to them asking me about that stuff anyway like i I very rarely actually need to say that i do this full-time because people instantly after they've seen it oh my god wow that was amazing so what you do this as a job like this is this is like you this is what you do and i'm like yeah and then (laughs) oh by the and then it's much easier to slide into like oh by the way do you guys have any you know sort of events or anything coming up i'll give you a business card you know you can follow follow me on instagram and then like the the amount of times that 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 works out is is pretty good as well that reminds me of the quote be so good they can't ignore you if you're just a bloody good performer in the moment there's no way they're going to be like oh yeah cool trick and then just move on with their evening no they're going to want to talk to you it's so good i think i think that's that's a big thing also i i like the idea of handing out your business card in a cool way as well because i, just, I don't know i feel like it just makes you stand out um so whether you have like a you know, I, I know people who use their business cards to create like an impossible object with it or people who use it as a billet or, you know, so that they remember, you know, they've got this memory with your business card. Um, personally, I, I've used or I quite often use when I can be asked to set it up and stuff. I use the pyro wallet, which is means you can hand out your business card on fire, which is quite cool, quite memorable. Um, and then, uh, like the yeah the amount of people I've had be like text oh my god you were the guy who handed out your business card on fire weren't you or your <laughs> like it's um it's really cool so yeah but basically I'd say that the process for me is very similar at events and residencies the only difference being I probably talk to them longer at an event because I have more time to whereas you know when you're at a residency often you're pressured to get around everyone um so you have slightly less time to spend you know chatting to them after you've 
after you finish. Well, exactly. I mean, if if anything, to solidify everything you've said today, one, you get caught up a lot of time in your own mind and when you can overcome that and, and understand yourself, you, you can achieve anything. You just have to put yourself a solid action plan in place and, and just kind of be thinking about what you actually want. And then two from there, you're playing to your strengths and your strengths are obviously using a social media platform that you know, Instagram and, and conversations, much like what we shared, our process on getting gigs and nurturing clients in episode 40, 41 and 42 of the Successful Mentalist podcast. Incidentally, we sent them to Sven, who's watching to this live. And, and they're some of my favorite podcasts because they break down our process. And that's all about talking and networking and communicating with people the right way. And is this the same for you when you don't have anything on, when you're just out and about and you want to get gigs? Yeah, I mean, well, to be honest, I'd say I don't know. Things have changed for me recently. Like I've, I've, um, well, it depends where I am. If I'm, if I'm out and about, oh, so this is actually another great thing that I've done. Is um, I'm, I'm signed up to like all these events companies and stuff where I, I was doing events bartending, where I would go to an event and you know be a bartender there, and it's pretty decent pay. So it's not like a wasn't like a chore and you get to see these fun cool places that you wouldn't other otherwise necessarily get to do so like i've got to do like work at like the races and then stuff like that or like festivals and um uh, um and I'm, I'm still doing this now and then more from a point of view of hey it's just a fun day out like and i get paid for it it's not really a big deal and i quite enjoy bartending so it's not a not a, a knock back on magic but i'm actually using it to then get more gigs so i i use it from uh so I, I worked at goodwood races and i literally i, I basically I, I just instantly as soon as i got there started doing magic to everyone and then all the bar team knew that i was a magician and then they're like what do you mean what you do this full time you don't do this full time and then i uh, like they were like, oh my god calling the managers over you've got to check this out come and have a look at this and then they were like oh my god no you can't work on the bar you need to go and show all the other managers this and then you know i go from person to person um i think the closest thing i've read to this is uh I think Dynamo said that in, in his in his books and stuff, this is the way that he used to perform for celebrities and stuff, is that he would he'd go to like a Snoop Dogg concert and then he'd perform for like the security guard and then ask the security guard if he could take him through to the next level and then perform for this person and that person. And then he'd be doing Snoop Dogg's mum and then suddenly he's in a Snoop Dogg music video. So I basically started doing that at events. So I'll, I'll go from person to person until now, like the, the person who manages events and stuff at Goodwood, who's like obviously does lots of events, now has like all my contact details. And I'll save like the best thing for last as well. And then I get to them. And then I've got this crowd of all these other managers who followed me the whole way along. And I've got like my own procession. And I'm still being paid the bartending wage for doing this as well. <laughs> uh, and then I'm there and then I get in direct contact with the person that I want to talk to. Um, so get yourself signed up to some sort of events company as like a waiter or a bartender or anything simple. You can be a kitchen porter, whatever it is, because it's really easy to network from that. Like I'm doing Chelsea Flower Show next week where obviously tons of celebrities go and stuff like that. So I'm going to do the same thing there and see where it ends up. <laughs> Bloody genius. 
Every every conversation with you just blows my mind. It's like there's always something new that's just <laughs> so sneaky. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> what did I say at the beginning of this podcast, Aiden? What did I say at the beginning? I had to give him the ego because he's too damn modest. <laughs> so true. <laughs> it, it is so true. Well, no, Edwin, at this point, we, we've spoken about an awful lot of things, and, and I think you've given an absolute ton of really actionable uh, points, advice, methods, strategies, you name it, you've said it in this episode. But obviously, as we're rounding out uh, the, this podcast, I'd love to know, what is the one thing that you would suggest that everybody starts doing effective immediately to help improve their business mindset performance or health um well oh, i don't know can i give a couple of things give a few things go on then go on then so, I'll, I'll let you off mm-hmm. only because right, it's you we'll and they're all going to be full we'll of do, gold yeah we'll do, uh, listen to the successful mentalist podcast hey obviously um genuinely though uh do do at least one of your courses um i think that especially if you're starting out and you want to get into it uh, the learn to thrive course really 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 helped me um develop like all of the knowledge and background stuff so that i could go straight out and actually action it and do it um <clears throat> so that um definitely definitely do that um and just perform as as much as possible like become a confident performer because i feel like yeah like a lot of people rely on like a lot of tricks and stuff to be able to get gigs and stuff but uh you know to get people to not forget you but like i've I've always felt like uh like i wanted to just be so good that like people didn't forget you and that or you know and a a large percentage of the time people don't remember you for the tricks that you did like they'll remember you because you were like a really easy person to talk to or someone you know like really engaged them so i would say work on your sort of i don't know ability to talk to people and connect to people you know it's, it's not it's not necessarily about like the tricks it's about how how you come across and present yourself because i feel like that is a uh, yeah just the 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 most important thing when you're talking to people is how you make them feel not what you show them I think that makes complete sense. It resonates with everything that we believe in here. And I'm so glad that everything has actually been able to implement and work straight away for you and actually actually see these tangible results. And and honestly, I can safely say it. I know that Ashley was your coach during the Learn to Thrive program, but like hand on heart, you've had one of the most incredible transformations. Uh, and, and I'll be honest, I'd love to blame it all on Learn to Thrive, but at this rate, I don't even think we can. I think Edwin's just an absolute <laughs> genius and we just managed to snag him in at the right time. <laughs> well, um, oh, one more thing as well I would say is that uh, um, it is uh, like definitely, definitely, although it's going to be a learning curve, and like, you know, I've learned a lot in the last, even the last like, month from doing this full time, is, is really try and actually learn some some sort of like business knowledge and like stuff before you go in and start trying to do it as a full-time business like you know ask people for advice on like how not to get um trying to think of like a polite way to say it shafted um (laughs) at every corner because people do try and like the you know i've had like cancellations and stuff where before i knew 
before I had like the knowledge that I have now, then I'd have to like refund these people loads of money and that would really impact like my ability to to do it full time. Whereas, you know, now I've got like proper well, I actually got a magician friend of mine to send me like his booking forms and stuff with you know, and they have all like these terms and conditions. So there's no way you can get um messed over. Um so I feel like uh, you know, and, and the same with like money managing and stuff, like how to, you know, set yourself up as in, like a proper business and not, you know, pay yourself a wage and like give yourself, you know, make sure that you're you're ready for like the tax returns and everything like that. Because um, <laughs> I know it's like all the boring stuff, but I feel like it's something people skip over a lot of the time. I certainly skipped over it. And then uh, regretted it later and had to like learn in a much shorter period of time than I, I wish I had. <laughs> I love that you've basically dropped gold all the way through this episode. Exciting new things to do, exciting, amazing things and meet new people and get more gigs, this, that and the other. And then the, oh, well, one more thing. Tax. It's like, great. I just love how you've left <laughs> all of the boring stuff to the end. For every entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah all the great stuff, by the way. Tax. That's every entrepreneur, <laughs> Aiden. Everyone. From Russell Brunson to Richard Branson to Elon Musk to Edwin. All the same, <laughs> I'd argue. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. But with that said, thank you so much for being here, Edwin, on the Successful Mentalist podcast. You mentioned the Learn to Thrive course. I'm so glad to see that you've you've done well from it and you've absolutely smashed it. So, Aidan, I'm going to ask you a question. If anyone's been inspired by Edwin's transformation, his drive, determination, motivation, and the story from going from beginner to pro in such a short amount of time and quitting a job within two weeks, like that is incredible, Edwin. But if anyone's been inspired by that and wants to take action, where can they go if they want to apply for the Learn to Thrive course? Well, if you want to actually jump on board, head over to thriveinmagic.com. You'll be prompted to fill out a short application and uh, essentially you jump onto a strategy session with myself and Ashley. We'll make sure that the course is a right fit for you. You're the right fit for the course, more importantly, uh, because we're building a great community of people like Edwin that are out there actually doing this stuff. So if you are serious about taking your life and entertainment business to the next level, head over to thriveinmagic.com, pop in an application. It's totally free and would love to see you inside. We'll see you guys soon. Take care. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside. So to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz, and we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. 
Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.